To the full disclosure show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams, the first. We got my man Barbara Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. And as you can see, special guest, recurring guest, my son, Mr. Derek Gray. What's up with you, young man? Back at it one more again. How we living? How we living? Uh, 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 rest in power, man, to uh, little Richard and Andre Harrell. Both giants in the music industry in their own way. You know what I mean? Rest in power to them guys. What's up, Dick Dashley? What's up, Miss Lisa? Nah, Happy Mother's Day Thank to you. all the mothers out there. Have, uh, 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 you know, we know how uh, the mother is the most important job. You know what I mean? It's, it's so critical. And to the moms out there that's been holding it down, my mom... Trisha Mitt, Morgan Williams, you know what I mean? Uh, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, all the mothers out there. Yeah, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. I know how hard it is being single mothers out there, whether you're single or not. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your day. Dick Dazzley. Can we hear you? Let me take it up here. Like you said, it's a hard thing being a mama. And you're going to see Mom, Mom Deuce today, too. Happy birthday. I'm sorry. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. All <laughs> the mothers out there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A happy Mother's Day. You know, your, your mom was like my mom and vice versa. You know what Versa, I mean? yeah. Like, I, 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 I had two mamas. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm special that way. That's why. And that's, 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 that, that's how a lot of people are. You know, shout out to the, the aunts. Like, I think you posted before. The aunts, the stepmamas, you know what I mean? Everybody's, you know, my, all love, most definitely. Sometimes no aunties, no godmamas be, you know, just as important as, as the blood mother or... It takes know, a village. The adoptive moms, stepmoms, you know, all that stuff is important. Yeah, definitely is. My mother's not here, but I got quite a few people that are important enough to me for me to consider them to be my... Mother, mother, uh, uh, godmother, and such. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, uh, we, we, as we get into this, we're gonna go ahead and get right. We got some, got some people in here yet. We're gonna get right into the proceedings this evening. So, uh, let me turn, Miss Lisa. Lisa, you want to take it away? Sure, sure. So I want to talk about the young man that was killed um, earlier this week in Georgia. His name was Armad Arbery, age 25. And the young man was jogging along the street near his neighborhood in Brunswick, Georgia. And two men by the name of Gregory McMichaels and Travis McMichaels gunned him down and shot him. And their excuse was because he looked suspicious and he looked like a suspect in a sting of break-ins in their local neighborhood. So this happened um, about... Two in February, if I'm not mistaken, it happened in February, and it's just now getting clout. It's just now going to courts. The guy's just now been arrested, and that is because somebody recorded the video while it was going on. One of the guys that was in the group of guys that killed the young man, one of them recorded it. And the video started circulating, and it got on social media. And from there, everybody started protesting and calling for justice and things like that. So now the two men have been arrested, and now we have to see, see how this goes, how this plays out. Um, unfortunately for me, I don't really have 
much much hope in that these people will get justice because you know what I'm saying time and time again they show that they don't care about us something happens you know it was a uh, I, I fear for my life he had a gun in the men be unarmed this man happened to be unarmed he was just jogging in his neighborhood so and if it took this long for them to um, bring justice to this man or not bring justice but bring it to court then I don't have much hope that these people are going to get justice I mean they've already said that it was self-defense um, I've seen some groups on Facebook for um for this man to get released and justice for the McMichaels, you know, so I'm not really, I'm not really in high hopes that these people is going to get justice. That's just my opinion of it. And it's sad because, I mean, when is it going to change? What, what do we have to do for it to change? I have my own thoughts I think that we should do. I think, in my opinion, I think one of the most important things to do is to I'm sorry but to separate us we need our own you know I think that will help and that's just my opinion into what can we do to change these situations because nothing is changing actually we're actually starting to go back and me personally I'm a little I'm a little nervous I'm a little scared to live here in this crazy America, I digress. Dick Gasly. Hey, I, I I I understand that. You know, just like Lisa said, you know, this stuff this happened back on February twenty third. It was uh, swept under the rug for for the most part. Had their friend not released that video, uh, when she said uh, that he released it to help exonerate him, um, we would have never seen this. As a matter of fact, the DA buried the case. One of the things was the older gentleman, uh, the dad, was a former law enforcement officer in Georgia. Yeah. So I would think that that probably played a large role in uh, in this thing not being prosecuted based on you know the DA's interference. Uh, you know, like you said, Lisa, this is something that's pervasive. It's been going on for a long time. You know, um, I've, I've been reading this book recently. I'm not sharing with you guys. I don't know if y'all can see this. It's called White Rage. Uh, Carol Anderson is the author, and uh, I tell you, some of the things described in this are things that are still happening today. So when I say pervasive, I mean they're pervasive. It's, it's ingrained in society that when these things happen, that these people aren't brought to justice quickly or they're given the benefit of the doubt uh, just because the people involved, the victims involved, are black. Um, you know, right now I got to open to a chapter where I'm reading about uh, Abraham Lincoln and, uh, and, and Henry Clay uh, and Thomas Jefferson. You know, at the end of the Civil War, uh, Lincoln wanted to send all of the uh, uh, black people to a place called uh, Chiriqui, Panama, to relocate them in 1862, actually before the end of the war in 1862. Uh, Thomas Jefferson and uh, Henry Clay wanted them to leave as well. Uh, matter of fact, they settled in what we know now in Africa as Liberia. So in order to please uh, the people in the South, the Union, uh, the Confederate, I'm sorry, the Confederacy, they were willing to part with us, uh, the people who helped build this country for 300 years. And instead of treating the Confederacy like the traitors that they are, uh, they end up betraying the United States plus us. And these little things that were done, these large things that were done, if we look back, going back to Reconstruction, are the things that still happen on to this very day. Uh, so, you know, th this is not surprising. Being arrested and being charged does not mean that something will happen. We know that based on how we weren't happy with Amber Geiger when yeah. she went inside <laughs> Botham John's house and shot him while he was sitting there. So being charged, so Black America means nothing, but I want to give big props to Black America because if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for Twitter, if it wasn't for Facebook, if it wasn't for us raising such noise, these gentlemen would still be out there on the streets. Yeah, they would be. Yeah, man.
So what, like, what exactly happened? I'm not familiar with the what what happened. Like, there's a video that's circulating. A brother was jogging. He said he was jogging the neighborhood. Right. Two good Samaritans, two white good Samaritans, chased him down and they shot him and killed him. Okay. And it's like you said, it's happening what February now. There was a video being released of it. You know, I couldn't watch it myself either. I, tr I I looked at some of it, and then I turned it off. But uh, and then they were. So now they've been arrested because right. the the, uh, the video got released. The video's released, and the out has been all over. It's, everybody's been chiming in, saying this, saying that. You have people saying, "Well, he was breaking into somebody's house, mm -hmm. and they were just." You know, they got people that called 911 and they were just, you know, being yeah. Captain Americas. You know, these were not yeah. cops. They were, they were Captain Americas. And they, yeah, neighborhood watch. And they ran down on him and, and shot him. Wow. And the man had on a white t shirt and a pair of khakis and a pair of Nikes. And when they found him, he was unarmed. So. Wow. He didn't even have robbery gear on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so that's the story. You know what I mean? And, and it's, I, I mean, it's just, it, it baffles my mind when we watch, when we see that a person's skin color is still, you know, the, it, you know, Rich, you said it when we, when, we, when we talked about white supremacy. You said we don't call it white supremacy. I know the one brothers calls the false, the false, uh, theory of white supremacy, but it's not really supremacy, it's inferiority. You know what I mean? It's like, if you have to, if you have to go through all this to show your superiority, you're not really superior at all. You know what I mean? You, a person that's superior, a person that know, that that's, know, that's comfortable and valuable who they are, doesn't have to demean or blow out nobody else's candle. You know what I mean? So, this thing, you know, I would like to see see how it plays out because, you know, as we have seen Andrew Guy with the Amber Geiger situation and some of these cops that have got arrested, have got charged, have got sentenced to time. And, and you know, so you're starting to see, hopefully we're starting to see a shift. And hopefully, you know what I mean, these, this this uh, situation will will be be handled fairness and fairness. I, you know, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt till I see otherwise. Now, yeah, we we can be skeptical because we've seen what the justice system to do, the criminal justice system can do. But, you know, for these guys to be, for, for it to be even, and I wasn't aware that it was, this happened in February. You know what I mean? So it's like, for, they was they, of course they was looked like they were trying to sweep it under the rug. Mm -hmm. They were trying to make it go away, and it's a good thing that it didn't. And hopefully this thing will play out the way it's supposed to play out. Cause they had no right, you know. You just talk about the fear that the false fear that is is allocated to a lot of white people who who are scared for you know what I mean for no reason. You know they're indoctrinated just as well. And I hate to, see, but you know they've been sold a bill of goods that they bought. So you see a black man running, it has, you know, if that's a white man running, nobody sees it. You know, I, I just watched, I just read a little, uh, a little story of a white by a white jogger, and you know, somebody posted. I don't know if you've seen it, and he was just talking about his own white privilege, and he was talking about how he how he jogs at two o'clock in the morning, at night, six o'clock in the morning, wherever he wants, with a hoodie on, whatever he wants, and has no thought process, no even. Uh, uh, and not aware whatsoever that anything could happen to him. You know what I'm saying? And what was uh, Charlemagne calls it, uh, what is it called? Black, 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 black phobia? Like the fear of being black. Like you can be black anywhere. You know, like when you go into a place and you go in there and you have automatically have a bullseye. You know what I mean? And, f and for us that's been living, you may, you, you know, you, you go into a department store and you automatically see the eyes, you hear the sighs, you, you know, you so, you just, it's, it's so ingrained, you already know what it is. It's like you, the fact that I could get pulled over and maybe I am wrong, but, you know, instead of getting a ticket, you know, I, I go to jail. Mm -hmm. Or instead of going to jail, I get shot. Or I go to jail and I don't make it out. You know what I mean? So, it's, it's just a revolving door with this thing, man. It's, it's such a sad that anybody had to lose their life, especially with these cats trying to play Captain America.
Mm-hmm. Real quick, we got a, a comment by Terry Sanders. He, he was talking about how the uh, people, once they found the address of the McMichaels, they went to their house. And he said, assemble at the killer's house and break out signs and begin a protest. You murder my child, ain't no forgiving or praying. I don't care who you are. That may not be everyone's opinion, but if folks knew, uh, we would recommence immediately. These types of crimes would lessen. Now, he said recompense, I'm sorry. What's up, Ms. Veronica Thornton? Happy Mother's Day. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know, man. It's just, it's just one of them things where uh, it's just sad to see. It's just sad to see, and I'm just interested to see how it's going, how it's going to play out. And, uh, you know, my guess is, you know, I mean, it, it's, I don't know what the laws is, but, but that's, that's just cold, that's, that's cold-blooded murder. You know what I mean? There, there's no, you're not defense, in defense of yourself. Then we've seen in George Zimmerman in Florida where he did the same thing. You know, now I don't know what the laws are in Georgia, you know, you know, what the Florida was to stand your ground. You know what I mean? But you didn't stand your ground. You followed this young man. And, and and murdered him, and he's still walking. He's still walking around, and he was arrested also. You know, so I I mean I, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm just trying to play it out and see how it, how it ends. But you know, the, then you got the narrative where I just read an article. Of course, they're trying to justify what these guys did. Of course, because you kill a blessed black life, it has to be a good reason for it. You know what I mean? It has to. You know, so everybody trying to find a good reason. That they, you know, he was murdered. Whether whether he was, even if he was breaking into somebody's house, these you're not cops. Call the police like everybody else, you know. So the 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 the, the fact that they felt empowered to do this tells you a lot about white privilege. When we talk about, but people are quick to say that white privilege doesn't exist. Well, what do you call this? I mean, when you call these type of situations, I mean, because for this to have went on, the man was unarmed, you know? So even if he was breaking in the house, like you said, why weren't they arrested for killing somebody? They killed somebody. If somebody's breaking into my neighbor's house and I go over there and shoot them, am I going to be free for two months? Am I going to be free? No, they're going to arrest my black ass on the spot. So, what, what's the deal? What, what was their justification? I mean, it was, it, I'm, it's, so they knew who, they knew who pulled the trigger the whole time? They yeah. knew? Yeah. It was never no, no doubt, no question, no who. It was more or less, more or less, you know, why. When the video got released, that's when, when, that's when I was not even arrested. You know, now they've been arrested, but... And the guy that recorded the video is also going to be charged, too. He's being investigated, too. So it must have been for him to... He, he, they said he released it mm-hmm. to to help vindicate him? No, I don't think... I th- he released it like some mids to society type shit. You know, releasing it, showing hmm. it, laughing. Right, right, they right. were all part of the KKK. So they was watching it amongst themselves... And I don't know exactly how it got on Facebook. I don't know if it got on Facebook because the guy released it thinking it, it as a joke or if somebody he sent it to released it. Mm-hmm. But the story I got is that they were watching the video. The video had got around in their circle, their KKK circle, and the video got released. So either way it go, I'm glad it got released. Because had it not been released, I don't know if the community knew about who killed the man before the video got released or if the community found out when the video got released. Mm-hmm. But either way, I'm glad because these people need to be shown, you know? These people need to be called out and put out there. And this is an example of like social media being used for like a good, mm-hmm. a good uh, purpose. You know what I mean, like 
there's just pros and there's just cons. You know what I mean? 50 years ago, this would have been buried and it never would have seen the light of day. But with the social media, it, you can, it come to the forefront regardless of how long ago it was. Just on video, yeah. so someone can see it. So. Dick Dassler. Once again, it's, it's definitely a tragedy. Like uh, Lisa was saying, had this video not been released, these men would have never been charged. But Lisa, it was my understanding that the, the man is saying that he released it to help exonerate them to show that it, it wasn't what it was. Uh, you had a lot of, you, you have this uh, Christian group who started a Facebook uh, page that has over 60,000 yeah, uh, followers on it now that's helping raise money for their defense fund. And uh, cause them two good Christian men uh, just trying to help their community. And the big question is, why didn't this young man comply with them? If he had just complied, he'd be alive. Well, I didn't know that we had to comply with regular citizens. That's that's new to me. Yeah, I've I, I seen that too. Yeah, like, why didn't he just follow orders or do it? Who, who the fuck are you? You know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, who are and you? I like, who? The person that probably said that is probably somebody who gets mad when somebody says, oh, move your car, or, you know, something as, as minute as that. So, don't, you can't, I don't, I'm not about to listen to no normal, regular person. My neighbor, my neighbor tell me to show them my ID. That's just as bad as when you have freaking... Patrol Patty and <laughs> Building Becky trying to patrol the pool in the building. You know, telling me, telling you to show them their your ID. I mean, people have people. <laughs> people are something else. I tell you, humans. No, it's not just the you know, it's not just the people. This thing, like I said, it's it's been persistent for years. Uh, ever since that we were brought out of chains, that. If they they feel the need the dominant society has felt the need to put us in our place. It's crazy how you know we didn't even have a federal jail system until after slavery ended, and uh, then they came up with the black codes. Uh, the black codes were instituted to make vacancy, uh, illiteracy, uh, being unemployed illegal. And if you were caught doing that, they can arrest you at that particular time. During this time, also. There was no recourse from violence and beating. Uh, there was a gentleman that came down from uh, the White House to take a tour of the South after uh, the end of the war and found nothing but dead bodies, heads, uh, put all across different roads, uh, people with their ears chopped off, bodies being dumped into the rivers uh, with absolutely uh, no recourse at all. No way that these people were even being charged with this. And you know, this is something that still persists to this day. They allow the same people who wanted to separate and see from the United States to come back in right after the war was over. I mean, we had these people who were traitors. You got still people who are telling you that this is part of their heritage, that they're proud of it. Mm -hmm. And even in America right now, you have more people who are upset over uh, Colin Kaepernick kneeling because of these types of things than they are for people storming the Capitol buildings of particular states wearing swastikas, Confederate flags, and, and screaming racist rhetoric. I mean, where, where do you draw the line? It's, it's, it's okay to be racist and separatist if you're part of dominant society in this country, but if you're the person who's the victim of it, it's, it's forbidden for you to speak out against it. You can miss me with that. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, I, real quick, I want to... I want to kind of go go around the corner across the street real quick, and we talk about the the mentality of racism or so-called supremacy, right? And I was I was mentioning how a person who's supreme doesn't have to feel the need to prove it, like you know the need to prove it. What made me go back to you know they had a the uh, the last dance, right? They show in the Michael Jordan documentary. And it's something you know how I'm always looking at. It's, it's something when they was talking to when they was talking to Jordan, and they was talking about him when they played the Trailblazers, and he and he felt he had to just crush Clyde Drexler because people were kind of comparing, him. and he felt the need to go above and beyond to crush him. You know what I mean? And it got me thinking. And then when you if you go back, Jordan talks about how when he he was always trying to win his father's love, 
because he felt his dad loved his brother more because his brother was a better athlete. So he, him and his brother, he was, he was competing with his brother, but he was really in his mind, he was competing for his father's love. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's just my take, which drove him to be that type of competitor where he has to. And then contrast it to a LeBron James, who is a single child mother from a single mother. And LeBron James has probably been the best basketball player ever, ever since he picked up a basketball, no matter what team he's been. So he's never felt necessarily felt the need to like destroy people. He just played basketball because he's that good. You know what I mean? And it's just you talk about the mentality of a person when you know and you can stand on who you are. You don't necessarily have to be dominant over somebody. I don't have to be dominant over you because I know that I'm dominant. You know what I mean? It's just a way to carry this. I mean, it's just the mentality that these white dudes felt the need to 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 propel their you know, dominance over this guy. Because that's basically what it was. You know, this black guy and whatever excuse, he doesn't, he, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be here. So we're going to go out of our way to make sure that he, we, he knows he's not supposed to be here. And that's basically seemed like what it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just, and it's sad, you know, you know I, I, that people have this mentality. It's sad to me that people... <laughs> Can will will look at somebody else and automatically be fearful, basically because that's how they've been indoctrinated to think. Basically, that's how it is. So, and and, and when you have like them, uh, uh, Susie homemakers calling the police on somebody that's just getting coffee. Remember we had that whole yeah, thing where up. yeah, where everybody was just yep. and and with no understanding of what kind of avalanche that can cause. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you know. So, I don't know, man, it's just uh, uh, my condolences to his family. I know they're going through it, you know what I mean? And, and to bring up the other situation, what's it, Jashan, what's his name, is his name right here? Yeah, Jashan Yeah. Reed. They called him Jashan, his nickname was Sean. Right, right. Uh, Where you had, you had him who was... Uh, you, you see the video that he recorded where he was going on the car chase where the police were chasing him. And then he gets out the car and starts running. And then you hear the shots like seven, eight, nine shot, pop, 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 pop. And the guy goes down. You know what I mean? So, you know, that, that just happens as far as I know. And it's just situation decides like back to back, you know, it's just crazy. So condolences to them, man. And, uh, you know, we, I, it, it comes to we can separate and have our own, but again, we it got we got to have security. We have to be we able to our, we, we got to be able yeah we have to be own. able to protect ourselves because jumping and having our own we've done that, you know what I mean? And right. they just come and they just burn it down. So yeah, we have to be able no to security. we didn't have any security. Yeah. We figured that. We would just be left alone. You know what I mean? Like we they didn't just, want to want us around right. anyway. So why but, would they come over here? Exactly. So it was like, okay, we, we good. We and once we built our own community to such an extent, they they just came and burned it down yeah. with no recourse. So uh, it's crazy, man. You tapped into the full disclosure show. Jack Lamont wins the first. Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dastley, Lisa, Lisa, the little lady of the house, and special guest Derek Gray. Got something you want to add to this, man, before we... No, I mean, it's just back-to-back, back and it's just coming down to it. I mean, just story after story, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, after a while, it's like, what do you even say? Yeah, it, you yeah it is, it is. And, and, then, and then people want to un- don't understand why we have to put emphasis on Black Lives Matter. We got any uh, comments, Dick Dashley? Not at this point, I don't see. Unless they're coming in kind of slow. I think people just kind of, you know, taking it all in. What's up, Brian? What's up, Cuzzo Anthony Banks? One thing I wanted to point out. What's up, Tim? I don't never really hear nobody pointing this out. It's that, you know, those racist people, when we see those pictures of the black man being hung, and you see all those white people around there smiling and cheering, and then you see the little children amongst the, the group of people, got to remember that those people grow up. You know what I'm saying? They grow up to be adults. And those are your neighbors. Those are your police. Those are your politicians. You know what I'm saying? So, I just think that, you know, 
you gotta be diligent of that. It's just hard to fathom, man. Like, you know, I was, was watching something, older movie, and, uh, you know, one of the movies, and you just see the attitudes of the white people in this movie. You know, the old niggers never sit next to me as long as I live. You know what I mean? And it's just mind-blowing to me, like, that people... I mean, I wonder what white people think about when they watch this type of stuff, when they look back and they see... The, the, either the movies or the historical sound bites or the pictures. And the, I mean, I wonder what do they, some of them, because, you know, we don't want to put everybody in the same box. But it's just mind-blowing to me that, you know, people had this attitude, you know, and you hear what the, you know, you hear what the Mexicans, you know, I, I have guys at work always trying to get me to side with them about all oh, these Mexicans, these, man, you know, these people, just people trying to feed their families, man. That's all, that's how I see it. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I can't knock them just like, Y'all ancestors, you know, all the immigrants came over here. You know, they be proud about the immigrant, you know what I'm saying, past. But then you see another people trying to be come over here and do the same thing that their people's did. And it's like, oh, we have to shut the door just because they might, they're, they're not of the, you know, Caucasian persuasion. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, man. What's up, William Shelton? Tapped in to the Full Disclosure Show. Dag Lamont wears a first. Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. I think if people really learn history, they have a different perspective on life and on what is what and who is who. That's what I say, man. A, 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 a class on racism. You know, from first grade to twelfth grade, if they really wanted to do away with it, you would teach it from first grade to twelfth. All the all the nuances, all the layers, all the the, the the reason behind it in the first place. You know, if you did that, you wouldn't have it. But you know, if you did that, then people will realize that really we all in the same game. You know what I mean? There's the one percent that has everything, and then they use every. Uh, tool in a truck in a in a toolbox to get us to keep fighting and keep fussing and keep hating and keep drawing all these imaginary lines that's not gonna help us in the long run while they could why they continue to keep all the resources right. that's what it's all about really so right. until we have that understanding and knowledge we're gonna keep fighting each other over bullshit that don't matter true important just said I'm just tired of discussing the acts of people who are historically savages and barbarians, and the outrage, then the silence, then the silence. Cycle repeats. You know, and Derek, it's amazing that you mentioned that today. I had a conversation with Terry saying that we needed to have a curriculum that started from uh, kindergarten on up through twelfth uh, grade that that taught history. I mean, correct history. And Lisa's right. Um, like I said, this book once again. You want to know what's going on? Read this book, White Rage. If this is too deep for you, I want you to check out this book called Black Labor, White Wealth. And what it'll do is it'll lay out fundamentally how you were made to be a subclass in the United States to please people who are just full of hatred. And I never realized how heavy a, uh, a role that uh, Andrew Johnson played in this after Lincoln was assassinated. You know, I didn't realize that he stopped so many things. I mean, he was somebody who championed uh, the Homestead Act, uh, which I believe from, and excuse me, I got based on from like 1820 to 1862, 1869 ish. Uh, he gave 160 acres worth of land to anyone who was of European descent. All they had to do was farm on two acres of the 160 acres, and they got to keep the other 158 acres. It was open to everybody except for African Americans. So, you know, you, you had that and definitely placed wealth inside of European descendants' hands. And at the same token, it took away from, from the Africans that were here and, and some of the Americans that uh, were black as well because Native Americans were excluded from that. So that just kind of tells you that, you know, those Americans uh, were dark-skinned too because it was easy to discriminate. Here's another thing that I think you should know. At the end of the Civil War, uh, the plantations were abandoned the whole nine. 
So what the Union Army did is they occupied the South and they were going to give black folks, they're going to lease 40 acres to black people to take over these plantations because they still have the skills of knowing how to farm. They were blacksmiths. They did all the heavy lifting. And they said, OK, you come take these over. Well, what Johnson did is he allowed the separatists, the Confederate Army or people who were formerly slave masters to go back in and take them away, take that away from the Africans who had rightfully claimed it after the war. So in doing that, what he did is he essentially gave the wealth back to the people who tried to seed from the United States. And it made no sense only because these people were black. And the Confederacy even admitted that maybe they showed their hand a little too quick. Had they waited a little bit longer for the Union to pull out its troops, they could have been a full takeover. But once they realized that they had a friend inside the White House, they decided to start taking things politically. And that's where it switched from just, you know, pure I hate you because of your skin color to I could dominate you politically. They never wanted to recognize the black vote. So by taking that out, they knew by eliminating the ability of the Africans that were now free to vote, that they could still suppress them and use black codes to go ahead and imprison them and then have them come back on land that they just stole from the black people and work for free again. Because under the 13th Amendment, if you are a criminal and you're under the control of the state, you can now become a slave and slavery is legal again. So once again, they made illiteracy illegal. They made vagrancy illegal. Johnson said that if he went ahead and protected black people, it would have given them an unfair advantage over whites, which is totally preposterous because whites had a 300-year head start. So why couldn't we do ours? Now, it's not all gloom and doom. During that time, black folks, you should be very proud of yourself because you went from an illiterate people to the most literate people in a span of less than 40 years. And in that time, out of 123 schools that was designed for blacks, 96 of them were built by black people for black people. This was even before Southern whites even thought it was important to go to school. So what ended up happening though, the Ku Klux Klan came along and they burned down so many of these schools. And what it did is it made black, forced black people to have to go to white schools. So it's like, they wanted you to have independence. And once you showed you could have the independence, they took it away from you. One last thing I wanna, I wanna point out, it was also illegal after they kicked black people off the land. It was also illegal for black people to do two things, hunt or fish. So how were they to feed themselves? I digress. You tapped into the full disclosure show. Daniel Mont Winners the first Bobby Rich Green Dick Dastley. Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house, and the special guest, Dad Gray. We're gonna go ahead and kick into the social media post of the week, Dick Dastley. And, you know, I want to keep it light since we're talking about murder and all this other stuff, all this, all this sad stuff. To, uh, we had the release uh, of a prisoner who, who a lot of people call a snitch, a guy by the name of Takashi 69 If you're not familiar with this, it's a rainbow hair colored uh, Mexican rapper from New York. Uh, loud matches, he's an internet troll. He went to jail, he was facing 40 years. Uh, he was involved with a, a gang called Treyway which are, I guess, are, are Treyway Tra Blood, a part of the Blood Gang in New York. And what happened, he hooked up with them because they gave him that street cred he needed. They hooked up with him because he gave them the wealth that they need. During their relationship or whatever, uh, he was kidnapped by some people of his own uh, group. Uh, they had intercourse with his baby mama, and they were plotting to kidnap his, his mom. So all this stuff kind of came to light and he just started naming names and he became a witness against the other members of this particular gang that were involved in, I guess, drugs, conspiracy, gun conspiracies, the whole nine, and ended up trading his testimony for freedom. So he came out, he went on Instagram Live. He broke the record on Instagram Live, but at that point was held by Babyface and Teddy Riley, I think almost a million people. He had two million people log once where he crashed. And which is kind of amazing because they say, you know, no snitches, no whole nine. But this young man gets out and becomes the most popular person on the inter internet immediately. So I guess my question is, 
if someone did y'all like this, I'm talking to you, Derek Gray, you, Derek, and you, Lisa, they kidnapped you, they had intercourse with the person you love, and they plotted to kidnap your mother to extort you, would you have an allegiance to taking care of them? I guess, Lisa, I'll, I'll start on you. Is he a snitch? Did he do the right thing? What you forward have you done in that same case? And how do you feel about him uh, uh, being received the way he was once he got out? Um, I can see why, you know, street life, if you talk about street life, yeah, he a snitch, you know, but I mean, once you step the boundary, I think they kind of stepped the boundary, overstepped the boundary when they was plotting to uh, kidnap Mom Dukes, you know what I'm saying? You might be able to get past all that shit, that street life. You know what I'm saying? It ain't pretty, but it's street life. But then when you start touching on Mom Dukes, that's a whole different ball game. You know, um, I guess some people wouldn't have handled the situation like he did. You know, they wouldn't have told on him. They would probably maybe... But no, you a gangster. You know what I'm saying? You a gangster. You out here doing this and doing that. And handled a whole nother situation. I mean, handle the situation a whole nother way. You know what I'm saying? Me, I wouldn't have put myself in that predicament in the first place to begin with. So, I don't think I can say what I would have did, really, because I wouldn't have put myself in no predicament where I need to do the things that he did. So, I mean... I think he a clown. <laughs> I do think that. He was saying he looked like a clown. And the reaction, the people's reaction, that doesn't surprise me none. I mean, people just go with whatever is for the moment. And the moment was, all oh, Takashi, that's his name, Takashi 69 got out. Oh, you know, we ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> so... That's my thoughts on the situation. Yeah, man. That's your, that's your favorite MC, ain't it? I'll say this. Uh, for one, like, snitching is snitching, no matter what. But I, the, the question is, did he owe them any loyalty? You know what I mean? So was it worth taking the time or whatever? And, like, if anyone did those things... To anyone, you know what I mean? Like, regardless of whether it's snitching on them or killing them or whatever type form of revenge it is, I think the, the point is, like, do you owe them any loyalty? And in that situation, you know what I mean, it came down to testifying in court. And that showed where, how loyal or how unloyal he was to the people who he claims weren't loyal to him. So, I mean, at the end of the day, whether it was, you know what I mean, in the streets or in, in jails, like he said also in the live, he was like, what if I go to jail with them? They weren't loyal to me out here. They could have set me up in jail. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's mainly about like, do you owe people loyalty that were disloyal to you, even though you were part of the, the pack that was made to be loyal. You get what I'm saying? So, and it's just not up to me to say he was right or wrong for snitching. But like I said, if it, me personally, I, I like I said, I wouldn't be loyal to someone who did those type of things. Like, especially regardless of the situation, just you don't owe loyalty to people who, who have done you wrong. But you know, the a lot of the things that he testified about were things that he initiated. There was, you know, I, I seen there was a. He he was beefing with somebody. I don't I don't know if Chief you were, was a chief keeping and and they he and one of his people went. Did they kill? No, they fired a shot or something like that. If, yeah, you know, and this was on his behalf. This was a beef that he started on online, trolling Chief Chief Keith, and going back and forth, and. One is aces. He had him go, and they fired shots at the at the, at the other guys. Yeah. So this was something, and it was from, from my understanding. A lot of the things that he testified in were done on his behalf. Shit that he was instigating, and they were doing. It was it was all kinds of stuff. And he so. also was telling them shit that didn't have nothing to do. Yeah. With it. <laughs> yeah. So. 
I mean, so it, it goes into a lot of things where when you not – I was watching uh, – shout out to Vlad TV. I was watching an interview with Rick Ross, and Rick Ross was – he asked Rick Ross, was Rick Ross bitter about, you know, the, the agent that snitched on him? And he said no, you know, because it's an understanding that if you in this game – you know, these are the things that can happen. You know, there's an old saying, do you do your dirt all by your lonely? That way nobody can tell what you did. If you don't do your dirt all by my lonely, you're lonely, you have a chance that somebody will tell on you. Period, point blank. I mean, you don't know, everybody say they don't, they this and that, and they don't do this and that, but when you're sitting in that chair and they and you're looking at all these years, how I many Frank White, the great, you know, Frank Lucas, you know what I mean? These guys, they ratted people out. Uh, uh, Nicky Barnes ratted people out. Nicky Barnes was in prison and was mad because he didn't feel like the people that his people that were still out was doing by him. He felt like they was messing with his wife. Now there was no proof that this happened, but that was what he needed to to go against his own code so he could tell. Mm -hmm. So he could, you know what I mean? So you just don't know. I mean. If you ain't in that, and you're in that situation, but again, back to what you said, when you when you put yourself in a position when you're playing with gangsters, you know what I mean. When you're putting yourself in the life, you know this, we saw it with Tupac. You know you you hustling backwards now. You 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 got yourself in a position where you don't have to live that life, and then you actually affiliate yourself with these gangsters. You know what I mean? And you get caught up in gang and gangster shit. You know what I mean? Now a true G. You know, hey, if if you did it, you did it. You know what I'm saying? You take, you do your time, you move on. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, in order, this was a situation where they use him to leverage the other guys. Probably what they, what they do all the time. We know you got the most to lose, mm -hmm. so yep. we're gonna leverage you, yep. and we're gonna put all these guys in jail. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and not now. Hold on, to the point where. To the two many million viewers that watched the live, I'm sure everybody watched it for different reasons. You know, maybe some were fans, some still are fans, some wanted to watch the car crash, some, you know, just out of curiosity, interest. And I mean, I'm sure it, it, it's been a, a widely uh, shown story. I've seen all kinds of. So had I known it was on, I might have checked it out. You know what I mean? Just to just to hear. What he had to say for himself, you know what I mean, to hear his side of the story, so to speak. So I'm sure a lot of the people, and, and we know negativity is always going to draw. Right. Mm -hmm. So and he knew that because that's why he was he he lived he he lived he he that's how he lived his life. He was an internet like this was he did. So the fact that more mm -hmm. people came, yeah, more people came because he that's where he mixed it up at. He was known for going on Twitter and going on air, starting the shit. So. It, it, it's it's definitely not uh not news. Yeah, like that that's his thing, and like from my recent memory, he I mean he's an entertaining, funny. He knows what he's doing. When he gets on his Instagram lives and makes his jokes, like it, you can't help but not to laugh. He's a funny. I mean, yeah, I mean when he was on the Breakfast Club, you know, you watch him and it's like I think he set the Breakfast Club when he was on there. The people that tune into the Breakfast Club just to hear, you know, what I'm saying, and I'm sure everybody had different reasons. We got some comments, Dick Dasley. I'm just saying I'm oblivious to whatever goes on with Rainbow Skittle Man. <laughs> Only reason I know his name is because of my sons. Chad uh, Whitfield said, I only knew of one true to the game. He won't live much longer, is what he said about Takashi. Hey, man, I'm going to go back to a show that um, played on repeat, kind of grew up to. It was a show called Beretta. And in the beginning of it, it would say, if you can't do the crime, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. And that, that goes back with it. Veronica went on to say, uh, that's what it sounds like, like he's he not going to be around too much longer. Real quick, I did hear that, uh, I guess he was out taking pictures on the porch and, and you know, his protective custody home, and one of his neighbors took a picture of him and his address got out online, and then he had to be relocated. Mm -hmm. I still not lost on me, though that he does not look like any of the other people that were part of the game that are about to face in real time, and that he's the only one walking away. It just, it, it's not lost on me that we were just talking about the injustices that one 
portion of the demographic that society faces versus another. Mm -hmm. And I think that he fully took advantage of that as well. When he had even been offered the deal he was, mm -hmm. if his skin didn't fit the scene. No, he definitely wouldn't. And that goes into another realm where we, we talking about you know, people want to, you want to be black. You don't want to be black. You know, you want to leverage that when it's beneficial to you. But then when the, you know what I'm saying, the feds come, all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, hi, my name is Takashi69. No, his name is Tom. <laughs> my name is Tom. Yeah. Tom. <laughs> yeah. And all that, you know, all that rape, everything changes. You know what I mean? But that, yeah, man, you, you want to, you want to live, you know, it's all glamorous and it all looks good and it looks fun when you read watching those movies and you hearing about it on record. But when you looking at twenty five years, you know, for for playing gangster, and that's basically what he was. He was playing gangster and they were helping him, and they and he and they were getting what whatever he was giving to them, and and he was getting a certain amount of street cred from them. You know what I mean? So, you know, now like, where did it all go sour? When where did they start to turn on him? You know, because I, I watched the video where they had him kidnapped and they took him to his house and they were going. I seen it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know when it all flipped or where it all changed, but that's how it is. I live. Hey, Rich, I have been watching, sitting around and watching a couple guys playing basketball. And next thing you know, they fighting and shooting each other like God. Oh, they was just playing bad. That's how. That's how fast things can change. So. You know, you want to play them hood games, you know, when it get real, and, they, and you want to tell on everybody for the for the stuff they was doing for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of the stuff he testified about, it was the stuff that he knew about because they were doing it for him. So it was crazy, man. I want to tell you, tell you what you said, man. I quit hustling because I didn't want to face those deep double digits. Or the more, turned my turned in my hustling past. You know what? I can't be mad at him. We can attest to that. He yeah. you know, he's coming, coming off that. Tell we've been on him for almost thirty years now. So it's like, look, you you hit a good point. You use Tupac as an example. Tupac got got killed by Orlando Anderson, who who was a crip. And you know, it, it goes back to what you just said. The in this basketball game, you know, at, this was the guy that Tupac fought in the MGM after Mike Tyson fought. Do you know? that dude had rolled up to, I guess they went to a strip club or something. He rolled up with his brother, the whole nine, some of his homies, and they was going to talk it out to where he said, look, me and old dude could go one-on-one. -on -one. And we could just do it like old school because dude was a true gangster. This is what he did for a living, you know what I mean? And he said, you know what, I'll go head up with Pop. But he didn't get to have that conversation. But he feels so disrespected because of what happened that he ended up riding on him that night. Who's to say that if he didn't get that chance to have that conversation at the strip club or at the club afterwards, and they were able to go head up, had we not got another 25 years out of Tupac? But it's a cautionary tale to all young people. When you're trying to ascend somewhere in life, there's certain things that you got to leave alone. That street cred don't mean anything once you're in your grave. Everybody take care of your kids, your mama, whatever. You know, it feels like all that is for life. And those people are going to ride with you forever. But the longer you stay in there, I hear stories about people saying people ain't put money on their books. The whole nine people that they rode for, they ride for them. Because people start growing up and they start having a life. That is just for that moment. So instead of looking at things from a violent way, I don't know why these young men weren't thinking of a way. Hey, man, we got somebody out there that's the most popular person in America right now. How can we build business around him? Why did y'all keep going back to that street stuff? Get that mentality out. Go back back to your neighborhood. Do you know you understand what I'm saying? Why? Mm -hmm. They needed a calmer head. Maybe they need us to come in and. Well, I mean, you you if you saw the interview on the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne pleaded with the guy, pleaded with him, and sat here and he basically unfolded everything that happened to him, like, man, we didn't seen this happen before. Do you worry about da da da? The same with um. Uh, the brother that's in jail, what's his name? Kodak Black. Kodak, Kodak Black. You know what I mean? I've heard, like, Master P, they try to reach out to him and talk to him and say, hey, oh, the OGs, put your arm around and say, hey, bro, da, da, da. And he basically shit on him. And now he's doing, he's in there in the feds now, too. So it's like, you know, cats have tried to embrace him 
and like and try to show them like you know you don't have to do it this way, you know what I mean? You don't have to, you know some some of these you know Kodak Black was against Kodak Black. You can tell was really about that life, you know what I mean? But you got some guys that you know. They 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 make it and all of a sudden they bloods and crips now. You know what I'm saying? How you how you get in the game now? Like, <laughs> come on, man. You know what I'm saying? That is that go the other way. I saw Nipsey Hussle in an interview talk about that. You know what I mean? Like you you're going backwards. You're going backwards, but you know that street cred because, you know, in their eyes and in in a lot of the people's fan eyes, I guess, are is so important. That they, you know, they go, you know, above and beyond, and and that tie has always been there. Even when you go back to the nineties, where you have a lot, where you, you know, Fifty Cent's name is is taken from a real gangster name, Fifty Cent. You know what I mean? A lot of lot, lot of the the rappers took on these personas of the of their heroes that was in their neighborhood. These guys that was hustling and doing this and doing that. So it's always been interwoven. So you, I mean, I guess you gotta, like I said, if you want to play the game, if you want to. Rap about it, and, and, and that's fine. But when you start going out in the streets and and and, and gang begging, and you got a hit record on the radio, like come on, man, you know it don't make it don't make sense. You gotta start on your back there. I got uh, I don't want to cut you off, but Veronica said the streets never loved me back. Never. Tim went on. She he said I don't talk to not one of those dudes from the eighties and nineties. One just caught those never coming from home numbers at fifty three. Fuck that. Veronica said, you can't you can't make someone see what they're not ready to see. You can only paint a picture and they choose what to look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the Kodak Black. That's one plus she always kind of hit the Yeah. The <laughs> she did. And that's all I I, I kinda wanted to see. I mean, I think you're right, D. Why become a millionaire and then wanna have that street stuff? I mean, why not? Build something for these people. Why these gangs? You know, my, one of my nephews affiliated with a gang. You know, why ain't y'all buying up the neighborhood? They, the gang banging stuff. That stuff old. Going and shooting up stuff. That stuff old. Isn't it more gangster to sit here and have a park that your kids can go to, yeah. or that you run the street so hard and so tough that your grandmama can walk down the street, go to the store, and not be scared to get her head knocked in? Mm-hmm. Can we get to that level? Yeah, right. and that's your security right there. You know, what I mean? you got hard guys, hardened guys that can use that for something positive. You know what I mean? And protect yeah. the neighborhood and insulate the neighborhood instead of terrorizing the neighborhood. Hey man, just make red light districts. Pick two or three blocks where that's the hustler, that's the, the prostitution, that's whatever. But they ain't with your kids going to school the whole nine. Control your block for real. Be man about. It. I understand if that's your illegal business, and then cops need to look the other way. But what Tupac say? He was like, like from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. is for regular folks. After that, y'all get to y'all hustling things. But you got people out here not respecting code. Nah, ain't no code as seen by Takashi Six Nine. You know what I mean? I mean, the bottom line is the snitch rules. We know the snitch rules. If you was doing the dirt and you telling somebody else. You snitching now. If you ain't, you ain't, you ain't doing it, and you know what I mean. And that's what we got to get clarification on, because going back to this situation with the guy that got killed, you know, a point is like we have to be, you know, when when this stuff goes on in our neighborhoods, we wanted when we wanted these two dudes arrested. Well, when something like when anybody loses their life and somebody has information, they need to use that information to turn in. Regardless who did the crime, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Somebody lose their life unnecessarily, you know. And you got information, you should turn. You should, you know. Now those who are living that life, we know how that. Those is a different code, you know. That's to be understood. And D, let me reiterate what he said, and I, I agree with him. For those like these innocent bystanders, like a seven year old girl that got killed, that was just laying in her bed uh, uh, six months ago. That's horrible. When people, innocent bystanders, are getting shot. Because of decisions you make, you got to deal with that time. You got to deal with mm-hmm. it. And, and, and we as a people cannot not allow a criminal element to live amongst us that's hurting us. It is not gangster to live amongst gangsters. Gangsters got a code that they go by. Y'all bang, y'all kill each other. That was the, the, the chance you took for living that life. But for these innocent people, if you're raping, you're harming women and innocent children, just innocent bystanders, hey man, 
that code, that snitches get snitches, that don't go for murderers. That ain't for rapists. That's that's not cool. That was all about if you were a low-level drug dealer, you didn't tell on your upline. You did your time like a man or you did your time like a woman. That's not the snitching. We need somebody going to end up killing you. Facts. Tapped into the full disclosure show. Derek Lamont wins the first. Barbara Green, Dick Dashley. Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. Special guest, Mr. Derek Gray. We want to thank everybody, man, that joined in with us. Everybody that commented. Everybody that, uh, you know, supports. You got, you got another one? I got one more one, one comment. Ted Whitfield said, if women stop, protect, uh, stop projecting that they love hood niggas, that shit will lose its appeal. Pussy and power. Excuse my language, y'all, but I mean, it, it is some real stuff. I guarantee if women stop messing with men who wore their pants down and all that other stuff, I, I guarantee you, you, you have some high waisted cash yeah, out here. Yeah. And you won't have all that posturing because that's all Cotton 6 9 That's all posturing. That's all posturing for image, and image gets you women, and it all comes down to the power of the P. Basically. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, what's, and again, man, I want to thank y'all. Tapping in, share the video, you know, like and comment. And uh, it's all telling people in your life you love them because tomorrow not promised. Happy Mother's Day again to all the wonderful mothers out there. And uh, it's all love all day. Happy Mother's Day and make Happy sure y'all stay royal. That's it. Peace. Peace. We still, we still rolling.